Why is it the same repetitive mistakes continue to rob salespeople of more commission checks, regardless of industry, size of company, or region of the globe? These same inhibitors are holding us back from reaching our full potential. Amongst many industry awards, Ian Selby achieved the accolade of top salesperson in the world at Apple. And in this podcast, he will discuss the issues that sales professionals encounter from his own experiences, confessing to the problems he has endured and how he overcame them, giving the benefit of his wisdom to everyone listening who work in the world of sales. To help you, he will reveal strategies to overcome the issues hurting salespeople and helping you reach new levels of sales success. Confessions of a Sales Pro. Lessons, more wins. With your host, Ian Selby. Welcome to Confessions of a Sales Pro. My very special guest this week is a gentleman by the name of Mario McCracken, author of the book, Really Care for Them, in Boise, Idaho. Mario is the Chief Revenue Officer at Move Medical, where he guides the sales, marketing, and customer success efforts. Prior to helping lead this MedTech SaaS company, Mario was the top-performing salesperson at, a, at multiple companies in various industries, including financial services, marketing, logistics, manufacturing, and commodities. Mario's formal education includes a bachelor's degree in sociology from Brigham Young University and a master's degree in global leadership from the University of San Diego. Outside of family, reading, food, travel, church service, and sports, driving organizational and individual growth are his passions. He loves finding and sharing meaning at the intersection of revenue, organizational health, and individual performance. The topic of this week's podcast is Mario's latest book, Really Care for Them. Mario, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you very much. I appreciate it, Ian. Thank you. Honor to be here. I'm glad you were able to make the time. I know you're very busy and you got the new book out and it's causing a big storm, which is fabulous. Uh, so again, thanks for, for sharing uh, with uh, our listeners today. I've got a few questions I'd love to ask you, and I'm sure our listeners would uh, would love to hear the answers to these questions. Mary, yeah. what do most sales leaders do wrong? Well, from my experience and from talking to lots of other sales managers, CEOs, and even sales reps who have had bad experiences with their sales leaders, most of the time, the sales leaders are so focused on their end numbers, they forget about the coaching and training portion of their job. And they almost put the cart before the horse. If they would just focus on better coaching and training, the results would take care of themselves. But they're so focused on the results, they forget to do the actual coaching and training. And so, and I think that comes down to just kind of how they're monitored and how they're managed is they are so focused on the results, they put in KPIs and they put in activity measures, but then the the coaching kind of is left by the wayside. Such a, a definite observation there, Mary. I completely agree that many sales leaders sit behind their desk and look at Microsoft Excel all day long, looking at all those KPIs and the forecasts and budget and and they should be out making four-legged sales calls, coaching their salespeople. Without the people, you don't have a business. You don't have customers. So I completely agree with you. And yeah, exactly. that, that kind of begs another question. It, what is missing from sales organizations today, Mero? You, you've 
you know, you're, as your bio states, you, you've played many different high-performance roles in many industries. There's got to be some commonality of you know, what's missing from sales organizations today. So it's trust, 100%. And what that comes down to is most sales reps don't, don't trust their sales leaders, and most sales leaders don't trust their sales reps. And it kind of is a two-way street for sure, but if there was trust, then so much more could be accomplished. And the teams I've been on that have trust in place, they sell way more than the teams that don't have trust. And it seems that most teams don't have trust. And that's proven in the actions when sales reps sandbag deals so they can get a better commission because they don't trust that they're going to get the right commission if they just report everything accurately. Or every year your comp plan changes. And so sales leadership is is killing trust by changing a sales rep's comp plan. And so there's lots of ways to destroy tr- trust and it seems like sales teams find a way to do it every day. It's uh, it's so true. And, and, and you look at trust. I mean, any relationship, be it with your friends, your family, your loved ones, good relationships are, are built on the foundations of trust, respect, communication, and commitment. Um, and yeah, exactly. no different is the business world, the sales yeah, for sure. people and their managers. It's, it's huge. hundred percent. So if, if trust is the key, it's about building trust. And I've always believed that if you want something, you give it first. So if you want someone to trust you, you need to take the first step, which is to trust them. And so there, oh, might, that's be some 100% ways right. to, there might there must probably got to be some ways to fix that in, in many of these organizations today. So yeah, for leadership for sure. and sales, um, what is the the complete impact model. It's in your book. You talk about it. What is yeah. the complete impact model, Nero? Uh, Please share that with us. So this is something that I stumbled upon by accident. I, so I read a lot of books and I read a lot of motivational stuff, inspirational, self-help, along with lots of technical nonfiction of how to do the job properly. And the, one of the most famous books of all time on influence is from Robert Cialdani, and it's actually called Influence, right? And in it, he has his six principles of influence reciprocity, consistency, social proof, authority, liking, or scarcity, right? And so if you can apply those six principles somehow, you'll be able to influence people. But you can influence people without fully impacting them. And then I started thinking about Tony Robbins and what he talks about, that we all have human needs or emotional needs. And those needs kind of offset each other. Some people crave certainty. Other people need variety in their life. Other people crave significance. Other people crave connection. Other people need to be known for their contributions and other people need to be known for their growth. And so what I found though is that if you combine somebody's emotional needs, what Tony Robbins teaches are the six human needs, right? Or combine that with an influence principle from Cialdani, then you can really, really impact someone in a positive way. But the only way to do that is you have to get to know them. You have to care enough. You have to be curious enough. But if you can find a way to connect a human need with a method of influence, then you'll be able to completely influence someone in a positive direction. That's, that's such a, that's brilliant. It's a hybrid model you, you put together. What would be an example of that, Mario? So, so I connect a lot with books and I like reading books. And I like giving books as gifts. And what I found is that, so some people need to feel valued, whereas other people need to feel like 
they have a human connection or they make a connection. So what I did for the people that felt like they had to make a human connection. So this was an example. And this is actually how the model kind of was discovered. So I was leading a team. This was a few years ago. I was leading a team. There were 10 or 12 people on our team. It was actually 11. So not 10 or 12. It was actually 11 people, including myself, were on the team. And those people all had different kind of needs and different kind of, of what they craved and to be valued for. So rather than getting them a book that would help them do what they already do really good, I found a book of a biography that connected with their skill that they're already good at that showed an exemplary life of someone who does something really well. So one person was really, really good at turning bad situations into positive outcomes. And that was kind of their special skill. And this person at the same time also needed, so I was using the reciprocity of where you do something nice for someone, they would want to kind of help you in return. And then the, that was the motive. That was the Robert Cialdani influence principle. The other principle I was using from the human needs was connecting with one of their six human needs. And this person, their human need was they need to feel like what they're doing makes a contribution and makes an effort. So I've got them the biography of George Washington. The, who is it written by Cherno? I think that the famous one written by, I think it was Cherno that wrote it. But anyway, so, so the George Washington biography, and then in the cover, I wrote, just like George Washington, you're excellent at finding ways to take bad situations and turn them good. And so from there, that person was recognized for what they did, their contributions. They, they were then able to connect with a gift of somebody doing something nice for them. And then from then on, we had a completely open and trustful relationship. And so that doesn't work with everybody, but you have to think about the person enough to find a way to do something, something physical usually that builds trust with them. That's a fabulous example. That's like planting seeds of trust with people. And each, as you said, Mary, each person's different and they, they, would, they would connect with something perhaps different as well. And taking the time to, to, to build that relationship, understand them, uh, create an environment of trust goes such a long way. And look what you were able to do with it. That's, that's, a, that's a great example. Um, so, so Mary, in sales, people often talk about authenticity and courage. Why and what does this really mean? It's hard to define, right? People say you need to be authentic, you need to live your authentic self, but does that mean telling everybody your deep, deep down dirty secrets, airing your dirty laundry, all that kind of stuff? And I don't really think that that's what it means at all. I think authenticity just means you're, you're, you have the good intentions and you don't have underlying intentions and because people can smell commission breath right they can tell eventually they can tell if you have bad intentions or good intentions and so i think authenticity isn't about showing the world who you really are as much as it is having positive intentions and showing what your intentions actually are so if you do have mixed intentions tell people what your mixed intentions are and be honest about it right and just being authentic means committing to showing who you really are when it comes to how you're dealing with them, not necessarily your personal life. But then courage, they kind of put it in the same sentence and stuff, but courage and, and is, is similar to bravery. A lot of people actually combine them the same way. But if you look at the root words, they're very, very different. In that bravery is taking action when you're afraid or you're fearful or you're in pain. But courage, since the word, the, it's a, the, the French bait, le cœur, the heart, right? It means doing the action from your heart. So courage is doing the right thing when you're afraid or fearful or scared or having grief or pain. So the difference is you can be brave, but not courageous. But if you're courageous, you'll always be brave. 
So you can do the wrong thing, and that's bravery, even though it took, it, you had to overcome a fear. But courage is doing the right thing when you're afraid. And I think as salespeople, sometimes it's hard to do the right thing because you maybe want a commission or you're trying to impress your boss or whatever you're trying to do. So you can take bold action, but it might not be the right thing to do. And courage comes into place when you, is it the right thing to do and is it helping me overcome some obstacle? That's so well said. I love how you weave that together. And you know, brave bravery versus courage, that difference is, uh, that's fascinating. I, that's something that I hadn't given much thought to, but, you know, being authentic for sure, and that not your dirty laundry, but being authentic and, you know, like being honest about, about a situation. And, and that, that's a great thing. Adding to that, the courage word is huge because that means you're doing the right thing. Uh, and overcoming any of the fears that might get in the way of that. So that that's a fabulous yeah. definition. It, so it, I got one more question for you that I'd love to hear your answer on this one, Mario. If you yeah. had to give folks a, a few unbreakable rules for sales, like unbreakable, what would they be? So I actually have given tons and tons of thought to this type of question because I thought, well, it varies. It depends on the situation. It depends on what you're selling. But then I realized, no, it doesn't actually. Like, it doesn't actually depend on if you're B2B or B2C. No matter what you sell, if you want better sales experiences, and this is in chapter 32 in the book, there's, there's kind of 10 things that you should just always focus on. And one is you always own your own results. doesn't matter about yesterday. Tomorrow doesn't matter. Just focus on your results for today. Listen more than you talk. Follow up more than you think you need to. And follow up faster. Um, get your partners, clients, prospects, whoever, to keep commitments. Don't talk bad about anybody. Build trust through action. The best questions will always make you a winner, so learn to ask good questions. Don't fake anything. If you don't know something, tell somebody. And if you're fumbling through it, just let them know, hey, I don't know what I'm doing here, but I'm going to try to help you through it. Show gratitude always, and always have positive energy. Even if you don't feel positive, you can change your mindset by being positive. And that's not faking it. That's just changing your actions to create a different outcome. And so I think if you're always doing those 10 things, you'll have the ability to do everything else eventually. That's, that's fabulous. I, I, I love the realness of what you just said. And two ears, one mouth. Listen more than you speak. You know, <laughs> exactly. Trust. There's so many you know, sales uh, ideologies in what you're talking about. And a lot of it's attitude. We have the choice every day to be positive and have that mindset that, to help us through our day. And if, if you're going, if you're getting ready to go and have a sales call with a customer and you're saying to yourself, oh no, what if they ask me this? Yikes, what if she says that? What if he does? You're, you're not ready for that call. You got to get your mind mentally equipped, put on your gear and get ready to do it right uh, with, with some courage. I, I, I love what you, what you said about that. Your book, uh, Mario, uh, really care for them. I think you've really given us a nice snapshot. I'm sure our listeners today would love to get their hands on a copy of this. Uh, and if you could, if you could just give our listeners uh, some ideas as to how we could reach out and get a hold of you, Mario. What would be the best? Yeah, way? for sure. So the typically most people find me on LinkedIn. I'm the only Mario McCracken on LinkedIn, so that's usually the easiest way. I have a website, mariomccracken.com. The book has a website, reallycarefortheim.com. Um, the book is available anywhere books are sold, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, wherever you need to go. But um, Mario McCracken on LinkedIn is probably the easiest. That's fantastic. Mario, I want to thank you again 
for being a guest on the podcast today. Greatly appreciate it. Hey, thanks, Ian. Thanks for your insights. Great talking with you. It was fun. It was certainly fun. And thank you for listening to Confessions of a Sales Pro. If you have found this episode informative and helpful, we would be honored and appreciative if you would share this podcast with other great salespeople like yourself. And we look forward to you joining us for all new episodes weekly, every Thursday. Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. If you'd like us to help you grow your sales commissions, visit us at salesmentoryou.com. Confessions of a Sales Pro. Lessons, more wins. With Ian Selby.